You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast, the podcast for fathers by fathers, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. Um, and I know you guys have been tired of hearing me talk by myself, so I finally got another guest here. Um, and this will start off the uh, the kind of series of guests again. Um, so I'm excited. I actually was I had the privilege of being on this gentleman's live and uh, and and looking at his feet. He's got lives with a bunch of dope dads. So I gotta like go steal some people to talk to. Um, but I, I'm excited, 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 excited to talk to Jack. Um, Jack, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Th- thanks for having me, Rod. I appreciate being here. Uh, my name is Jack Noful. I am a retired veteran, full-time RVer, father, husband, born and raised in Cleveland, and now the world's kind of my home. We travel everywhere, and my son is homeschooled. It's in the, under that umbrella, unschooled and world-schooled. So we're always traveling and teaching him everything that we can about the world and different cultures. So that's a little something about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So father, husband, veteran. Uh, and author, right? We got to throw that in there. So, author of, of the book. Oh, yeah. totally. From, yeah. Fatherhood, uh, the art of love and leadership. Um, you know, I, my, my wife wrote a book as well, and she always like when she introduces herself. I'm always like, hey, make sure you tell people you're an author. Like, don't don't leave that off the table. Like, that's not a small thing. Writing a book's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that, that, I think that's a really important point to start on. Yeah, I, and I'm brand new. I just dropped, released my book last week. So Fatherhood, the Art of Love and Leadership, like Rod said, um, it, it summarizes a lot of tools or skills that fathers should have or that will build upon skills they already have. So really, it's, it's talking about just building that relationship with your kids, being intentional with your time with kids. Um, it'll go through your intentional time spent with them. How to, how to make more of that time, balancing family and work life, your relationship with your partner, and how to balance that within uh, being a parent, right? So, because that's just a whole nother topic where if you, you're not centered with yourself and then with your partner, it's hard to be centered with your kids. So, a lot of the book is just talking about tools that have worked for me and tools that or skills, I should say it's skills, because you really have to practice these, right? And that, that, that's really what I'm doing. I'm summarizing these skills that are like, hey, if you're talking to your child and you're standing up the whole time facing down, they're, they're, it's kind of like you're dictating to them. Instead, get on a knee, talk to them level, right? And, and that already cha- changes the entire uh, relationship right there, right? Because the kids are now feeling like, oh, dad came down his eyes are looking at my eyes we're actually talking intimately and building that relationship there it goes through stuff like that emotional intelligence and how we can use that to our advantage and that that's going to be through um, nonverbal communication 
non uh, yeah we'll say nonverbal communication because a lot of guys, a lot of men or fathers don't pay attention to the nonverbal cues that their kids are giving them because a lot of times we just spit out whatever's in our mouth to, hey stop doing that and we're not even looking so to me I'm trying to get men again be intentional look at your son see what they're doing what's their body language and so I talk a lot about that and uh, yeah it's pretty much it's a very short book. It only should take you about 45 minutes to read the whole book. It's 40 pages and it's just a bunch of little tools to give fathers. And, and I, I give a bunch of summaries in every single chapter of how I use every single tool and what I do for effective communication, what I do for balancing my relationship with my son, what, how I balance my relationship with my wife. So in summary, it's literally just a book to give Father, the keep well, fathers can keep the book with them wherever they go because it's a small book. I did it on purpose to make it small, like a little manual, and that's why I called it a father's manual. So, literally, you could go in there and be like, Hey, well, what skill can I work on? So, right after you read that book, you're already utilizing the skills that you're, you read about, and then that's really why I want I just want fathers to step up their game and change what we, we consider fatherhood and take it to the next generation, be positive influences and break that generational chain that we've seen a lot happening. Yeah, I like that. So under 40 pages, so there's no excuse, or sorry, for 40 pages, so there's no excuse for us not to read it, right? Like it's not a, it's not one yeah. piece, so it's not, it's not one of those, right? Um, but, nope. but I like I like something you said there, and you, you talked about fatherhood, and you said it's, it's a skill. Um, I think, I think like when we, depending on our mindset, right? Like you talk about growth mindset, fixed mindset. Um, when we look at something as a skill, uh, skills can be trained, they can be improved upon, they can be grown. And, yeah. and I think, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll think of who we are and what we do and it's kind of fixed, right? Like I'm just not able to be a good father. This is just who I am, right? This is the man I am and the kids are going to have to yes. adapt to who I am. And there's some bit of that, right? As, as, as a, a leader and as the adult and the one who understands the world a little bit differently, there is a little bit of that they have to adapt and adjust and, and be resilient to the type of man and person and household that you have. But then also you have to have the ability to grow and get better and, and figure out where your strengths and your weaknesses are and improve on those. And I think having a manual, right. That, that I could refer back to where I don't have to read, you know, 47 pages to figure out how to, how to, you know, work on my, my communication. I can go in, I can hit a few bullet points or a couple pages. And I'm like, okay, let me go back in the room and get this done. Um, I think that's that's really, really cool, man. Um, what kind of led you to, to writing the book? <laughs> uh, this is a funny story. Uh, I, I was at the playground. So once I retired from the military, I kind of became the stay-at-home dad, right? My, my, my wife is an entrepreneur, so she does work from home. So that's why I say kind of. Um, most of the time I was with him, I would take him to the library for the readings and I'd take him to the playgrounds to meet up with uh, different dads and moms. And one dad and I kind of start talking, I'd see him weekly, but you'd watch his energy change as I came around. Like, oh man, Jack's back, you know? And I understand like I can be a little bit intense sometimes <laughs> to other fathers because I'm very, very passionate about fatherhood because I didn't grow up a father. I didn't grow up with any of this. So all of this is, I'm breaking a generational change right away you know that i, I, I want to say curse but i don't want to say curse you know it's I, i'm still proud of my ancestors and the path that got me here so i was at the i was at the um playground and this father was just having a difficult time he, he had a one-year-old and he had his son who was five years old 
And so my son was playing with his son and he was watching the baby and I went over and I was playing with the kids and he just kept yelling for his dad, dad, come play with me, dad, come play with me. Right. And the dad was just sitting there a little overweight and not motivated, doesn't say nice things to his kid. And I was just like, man, this is not how it's supposed to be. This isn't, that's not the father I would want. And, and you know, it's like a lot of times if we just change our perspective and put ourselves in kids shoes, would we want that father? And this is literally the, the precipice of me writing the book is that I watched his body language to his son. I watched the way he spoke down at his son. And then when I addressed it, it kind of boiled over. I said, hey, man, are you OK? So so I, I was going at it at a softer level, too. I wasn't trying to come at him, attack him because he already knew who I was. And he, he was uh, prior service to National Guard. So. Uh, you know, a lot of times those active duty guys don't <laughs> give them the credit they deserve. And um, I, I told him, hey, man, you all right? Is everything good at home? How's everything with the family? And, and just making conversation and get trying to get him to talk, right? Really feel his emotions and give me them. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted him to know that, hey, I'm, I'm here to just listen. I won't give you any feedback if you don't want it. Instead, when I said the, those uh, questions to him, he blew up on me. He said, I can't do a damn thing right. I can't make lunches for all the kids. I can't take care of my wife. I can't take care of the house. I'm supposed to be building this and doing this. The guy just went off the chain. And I said, man, I'm sorry that you're going through that and you're having these struggles. You know, if you'd like some help, I'm here, man. And he said, I can't do the things that you're doing. I don't even know how you're doing it. And he grabbed all this stuff and he looked at his son that I was playing with earlier. And he said, we're getting the hell out of here, right? Really angry, really mean, very bad energy. I mean, that, that that's stuff the kids feel, right? I mean, my own son felt that. He said, what happened, Dad? I said, well, you know, he doesn't have a regulated nervous system. He doesn't know how to do that breath work that you've, you've been learning since you were born, buddy. You know, that's why we take these deep breaths so we can regulate first. And, and that's what it came down to. I go, man, it's that simple. This guy doesn't know how to regulate. And so a lot of my book, there's a whole chapter on just like men learning to take a step back and it's, it's a chapter on discipline and, and really i wrote about this guy of like hey man take a step back take a breath the meditation is not just like you sit there for 40 minutes and you breathe over and over there's meditation that's just a one breath meditation just taking that deep breath and re it just a, gives us that little bit of time to realign and recenter so we can use our words properly right because language is super super important to children when we're talking to them and this guy triggered me to write a short manual. And, and that's literally what's in my head. I go, I need to write something that's short. If he's feeling overwhelmed, how would an overwhelmed father be able to learn from me? And it's not from writing a big book. I knew that. And I didn't have it in me to write a big book I, I, at that time. I was just like, and I have five chapters that I didn't put in this book. I, I just summarized it quickly. And I, I made it so this guy who I literally was talking to at the playground would say, all right, you know, I actually have time to read a 30 book, 30 minute hour book and walk away with some maybe new skills. And, and so that's really what caused me to write this book is this one guy. I felt so bad for him that I couldn't help him. And I go, there has to be a way I can help him and other fathers like him. And so a short manual came out. A father's manual, fatherhood, the art of love and leadership. And, and I really wanted to split it into those two categories, love and leadership.
yeah. because I think those are two very uh, important categories to go through for men. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, you, you touched on something there that I think is really, really important. Um, when you talked about regulation and self-regulation and, and that kind of being a really big part of emotional intelligence. And um, it's, it's really interesting. Yep. Um, we talk about like we in, in March, I did like a whole thing. Uh, the whole month was dedicated towards uh, kind of discovering or finding uh, a definition for for what we consider masculinity to be. Um, and so through, you know, through podcast interviews, through posts on social media, through back and forth in different uh, fatherhood groups and just kind of nailing down an idea. And one of the things that came up initially um, was this idea of being too emotional, right? Um, or, or acting with emotions or, or reacting off emotions. And that's one of the things that guys, Reacting, guys yeah. kept saying, like, that's, that's, a, that's a female trait, right? Being emotional is a female trait. But I think when we say being emotional, we give it this negative connotation because we don't have the tools and the resources to to be emotionally disciplined, to have some regulation of our emotions, to be able to control how we feel or really even understand how we feel. And so then we just react instead of respond, which is which is something that I was uh, better or that I am now better able to do through through things like meditation, where I have some clarity of mind and I have some some peace of mind where I can take a pause and respond instead of react. And I think that's something that that's really, really important. So I'm glad you, you put that in the book because that regulation piece is, is something that, that causes a lot of us to do things that we would regret uh, later on because we're just acting in the moment without any, any context of the bigger picture, right? Like that would have been yeah. a great opportunity for that guy to just like to give it to you, right? Pour it out. Cause it obviously was boiling up inside of him. <laughs> But to like pour that out and then get the resources and be able to have a, a somebody to talk to about it, right? Because the reason why it's boiling up and, and, and spilling out in that moment is because you have no other outlets or resources to kind of push it down a little bit. Um, and so that would have been a great opportunity. But when we lack emotional intelligence or, or emotional discipline, we just spaz out and then <laughs> and then that, and then we disappear and that's just who we are, right? Um, so yeah, first of all, I've got to get a copy of the book. And before we leave, you got to make sure we let everybody else know how to get a copy of the book. Um, Absolutely. But, but something you mentioned there, and, and, and this is something that I, I'd like to talk about on the podcast. And if you can stop me, if you if you don't want to talk about it, um, I think a lot of times we talk about fatherhood in terms of when we become a father, uh, like our fatherhood journey begins there. But in reality, our fatherhood journey, journey begins with our own father um, and, and how we are yeah. fathered and how we're parented or, or, or in a lot of cases not fathered or not parented it kind of echoes in how we father or parent um how was your your relationship with your with your dad um yeah i have no problem talking about this at all um so my dad was there till i was four and i remember it was the early 80s and the only memory i really have of him being around was when he hit me with a golf club at four years old and this is when I was living in Cleveland growing up. And I remember that clearly that that's stuck in my head forever. So obviously it was a traumatic event for me. Right. And that's why I knew of my father. I didn't see him then for the next seven years. And then after that, he kind of showed up and I'd see him on holidays. And then my mom allowed him to have some weekends because he was, he was getting into a lot of drugs and alcohol and just, you know, just a bad lifestyle. And I had a stepfather who stepped up right around 11 years old. He came. 
And I grew really, really close with him and he became more my surrogate father than my father. I never, ever was able to build a relationship with my dad. He, he was very close-minded and all he cared about was sports. And so like, if you want to talk Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Browns, Ohio State Buckeyes, that's the man to go to. Right. That's all he cared about was those three teams. And, and, and it was very close-minded as I was growing as a man, I was like, that's not the man I want to be. I don't want to be the man who just sits and talks sports all day, you know, cause I feel like it's Roman times where it's, they're trying to distract us with the Spartans fighting and all this mm-hmm. or gladiators. I meant yeah. fighting yeah. and that that's what sports is often. And don't get me wrong. I love sports. I played sports and, um, it, it just wasn't the father I was looking for, but my stepdad now, when he showed up, it was the father I was looking for. He was taking me on hikes every single weekend. We'd wake up. He bought some land. And he is on weekends, same thing. Let's wake up and we're going to go sickle the land. People don't even know what sickle is. <laughs> I'm over here. Couldn't get a weed whacker because the weeds were so big. You had to use this big old uh, Grim, Grim Reaper, Reaper yeah. sickle. <laughs> knock, yeah, and knock, and knock the stuff down. So I, did, I was doing that as an 11-year-old kid. And my friends would all make fun of me. You're out here learning all about nature. He was teaching me how to garden. Skills that were really great for life, right? When my car would break down, my stepfather would be like, "Hey, you have to get underneath there and take it apart. I'll make sure you don't mess everything up." And that's what we did. So I had a great stepfather too. Here's where it all changed. My mom died when I was 22, and it just broke everything apart. My stepfather and I lost that relationship, and so it, it gave me a chance to look back. Especially now, last year I wrote him a letter about my feelings. Uh, and I got nothing in return. I saw him recently and he didn't say anything about it. And so it was just, it was sad because I'm like, as a father myself, I never would want to lose that bond. So all these things I've learned from my dad or didn't learn from my dad and learned from my stepfather, it came to a point of like, all I needed was your attention. I just needed you to be there. And in the most important times of my life, and you weren't, neither of you were there in the most important times of my life. And, and so my, my relationship with fathers or my two fathers was just, it was great until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And my real father, no relationship ever. My stepfather, like I said, it broke apart. So it, it really pushed me to become a better man eventually. After my 20s, I, I got through some of the things. And when my the son was born, it just made me re-question everything. And... Actually, there's a whole chapter on this in my book, too. It's called De-Schooling Dad. The the idea of de-schooling is to forget everything you learned, use some critical thinking, and decide what's the right path. What do you want for your kid? What outcomes do you want? What's the objective, right? Do you want a solid foundation for your kid and, and, and to build them through love and trust and leadership? Or do you want to just go through the motions and say you're a father? And, and so that that's how I've kind of grown is like, I'm not here to be like my dad's, you know, my, my dad was never, my real dad was never there. My stepdad just disappeared on me and wasn't there around the most important times of my life. So it's like, now I know what I need to do as a man. I need to step up all the way and never let that ever occur to my son and have those same feelings that I had. Cause that, 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 that was troublesome for me. It, it left me alone. It left me, um, We'll say lost. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the best word. I was lost. I had no one to turn to ever in the most important times when my mom died, my father died, my stepmom died. It was like all these people, my grandfather died, my uncle died. 
we've had so many deaths go on and it's just like no one was ever there. Mm-hmm. And now I have a great wife. I have a great family. And like I said, my mother-in-law is my closest uh, family now yeah. outside of my, my intimate circle. So I, I was really raised by my mom and my two sisters. So I grew up with that feminine energy, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the balance of the masculine energy. And don't get me wrong. I, I grew that through time being in sports, being the captain of teams, uh, being a bricklayer, being in the military and being a leader. So I, I did grow the masculine side and, and balance myself. And I think that's an important part that uh, I do as a father now that I wish my fathers would have done and said, hey, it's okay to have this masculine side like my stepfather was doing, right? He was like, hey, here, do yard work, do the weeds, cut the grass, do all this yard work, right? And then fix your car. This is what men do. They, they get jobs that aren't fun and they pay the bills. All right, cool. What about my emotions? What am I supposed to do with my emotions? Luckily, I had a mom that was awesome. And my mom would just be like, hey, cry. If you need to cry, just cry. Yeah. Get it out and get over it. And, and so it's just, I didn't have the complete father. And that's I maybe, and, and that's what I'm striving for, right? Is to be a complete father. And I'll, I'll never be perfect, but my goal is never to be like that. There you go. Okay. All right. I mean, I think a lot of us experience that, you know, that, that, um, that lack of lack of balance. Right. Like, cause, cause I think until our generation or until like we are where we are now, dads of the past were like, they had some very clearly defined roles, I think, in it and being an emotional support yeah. to you wasn't it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that just wasn't yeah. that wasn't in the job description. That was not in the JD. It was like uh protect, provide, uh, rough you up a little bit, tell you to throw some dirt on it, stop crying. Yeah. Um, you know, that that was kind of it, right? And it wasn't, you know, talk to you about how you're feeling. Like feeling, like boy, if you don't get up and <laughs> you know what I mean, it was the feelings thing didn't didn't really um, didn't really start happening on a larger scale until you know we became parents, right? And now we're we're like you said, trying to be a complete complete dad, right? I think a lot of the the nurturing and the child rearing was kind of left up to moms or the female counterparts in the in the family, and, and dads were still going out to hunt, right? We're we're hunting and gathering and trying to go, we're uh, to say, bring home the bacon. Right. And then mom had to take care of everything inside the house. But I think now uh, we're realizing as as men that we are capable of being a nurturing component as well. Right. We're going to provide the strength. We're going to provide all of the same things that we were able to provide in previous generations. But there's so much more that we can do. Right. And we're stepping up to the plate to try to try to rise to the challenge. Um, And I think it's. It's going to be, I mean, here's the thing. And me and my wife talk about this all the time. It's like, we're raising kids. We don't know, right? We just don't know. Like, we we think we're doing all the right things, right? Like, we're trying to do all the right things, but we won't know for another 20 years or so, right? Like, we won't know until they're adults and they're they're grownups. And like, all right, fingers crossed. All right, just make sure that we, we did it right. Or are we going to end up on a on a couch somewhere in, in, in parent-kid therapy? They're talking about something we said or did right. 20 years ago. Um, so we just try to do our best. But I think being a complete father and trying to be a, a complete man is is really important. Um, what would you say, like, if we were to kind of quantify that, like, what would what would complete what would a complete father be? 
I, I believe and almost a complete follower can be masculine, right? Like the same definition almost is like, take care of yourself, take care of your health first. Mm -hmm. First, you have to always take care of you. I can't, I cannot help my wife or my son without me being balanced, me being healthy. I mean, that, that's number one. You have to take care of your own health. Understand what foods you're eating. Understand what water you're even drinking. <laughs> I mean, like at the basics, right? Take care of you and take some time for yourself. Work out. Do that first. Number one, take care of you. Number two, read. Read some books. <laughs> and I understand that I, one of my best friends I was just talking to in Cleveland, he's like, I've never read a book. I'm, I'm going to die that way. He's proud of yeah. it. I'm like, why though? Why? <laughs> when, when I read, I'm getting knowledge that is that I didn't have before. No matter what I read, I always walk away from a book. And I'm like, all right, I can start using this information right now. So I, I think... I won't say read, but educate yourself, right? Everyone needs to have some kind of education and, and, and learn different things because that's where critical thinking comes in. You take all this information and then you decide what's probably best for my family. Three, have a solid foundation with your partner. And I don't care how that looks, but you guys need to be a team. And, and my, my house, my son at 18 months, he was already saying teamwork makes the dream work, right? <laughs> and it's because we're a team, we're a unit. And if we're cleaning up, we always say stuff like, on this farm, we all help each other, right? And we don't have a farm or anything, but it's just like, it's just, it's sayings that like keep us together. Like, hey, I'm accountable for you, you're accountable for me. And so my wife and I, we sat down and we jotted down on paper how we wanted a parent, what we thought would be the best. All of that's gone. <laughs> it was like, that, that, that first edition's gone because we, we keep leveling up to being uh, more narrow of what we really want. What do we want from our son, right? And so, and so instead of having this big broad picture, now we really focused it in and understand like what our parenting skills are and what we want from him. So we're a real team. We understand. When, when he's somewhere, I'll say, hey, I have eyes on, and she doesn't have to pay attention. If I lose, I'll be like, hey, I don't have eyes on. We're always communicating. So build that communication also with your partner. That's a big one. And step four, build the relationship with your kids. I understand a lot of a lot of fathers would be like, dude, I have I've had a relationship with my son. I was there when he was born. What? What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 I was there too. You know, and it's like build the relationship. Take the time. If if you're not working or you're called off work or it's bad weather, you get to stay home. Put your phone down. Don't even think about work. Build that relationship with your kid. Get down and dirty with them when they're outside and they're playing. My, my son, sometimes, you know, I work from my phone and I'm like, dad, put your phone down. And once my son says that, the phone's down. I don't care who I'm talking to. If anyone's calling me, I put the phone down. You don't get me wrong. There's times where it's a super important call and I'll be like, dude, give me three minutes and I got you. But I communicate it to him. And it's and we're always building that relationship, him and I. And so I think that's important too. Just make sure you're building relationships with both, your entire family. Yeah. Because that, that's an ongoing thing. It's, it's not like... I built it when he was born to one years old because he's changing. It means I have to change. So as we're building the relationship together now, like a one year old, I communicate different than a three year old and your kids are older. So you're not communicating the same as when they were three. Right. You know what I mean? So we always have to advance and, and move with them. And so that relationship is ongoing forever until they're gone. And then it's like, Hey, I, now I have to a whole nother system. I have to build with them because I have to trust them and, um, yeah.
be to have their back is what I'm saying. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that those four things are the big that I look I at. I like that. I like that. You know, I've heard I've heard dads, uh, like especially because I, I work with a lot of like new dads. I've heard them talk about like I was there when he was born, like that. The, and that's really, I mean, obviously, I suggest that everybody that has the opportunity to be in the room when your child is born, that you're there. Um, it's a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Even if you have multiple kids, every time is a, is a special uh, occasion, right? But just being there is not having really, it's the start of the relationship, right? Like, because that initial bond that you feel when you see your kid, that emotional, uh, that overwhelming emotion that you feel. It's super, super important, but I would say it's like being a fan at the Super Bowl, right? Like you're there, right? Like that's a big moment and it's awesome to be at the Super Bowl, but there's no relationship between you and the teams, right? Like the team, the team is like, they're winning the Super Bowl. The kid is just being born. They're going to be born whether you're in the room or not, right? So you have to go beyond just being there, just showing up to a great event. You got to get in there. You got to get on the field. Right. You got to you got to do the dirty. Yeah. You got to run the gasses like you got to get out there and go to the meetings like you have to do all these things that really build the relationship and build the bond. Right. You can't just show up to the major events, show up at the games or things like that. Those are great, great, great things to do. But it's got to be some some dirty work, some deeper understanding between you, your your, your, your partner and you and the kid. Right. That, that I think that builds yeah. the complete father and i agree with the four things that you said i think those four are really really important so i had a uh so we talk about like your book is love and leadership right um and you were in the in the military were you in a a leadership position in the military yes do you did you bring do you bring some of that into your your parenting style are you are you because people be like oh i got a military dad right um, and that's, that's either got positive or negative, like reference when you talk about it, but, but do you find yourself, uh, a little bit more of, uh, a military dad? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a military dad. Any of my soldiers who had me, and it was right around like 600 I had total, they, they would always say like, sir, you, you don't, you're not really like military, are you? You're kind of like a disciplined hippie that's what they would would always call me this disciplined hippie and uh, i'd say you know i just never was a person for war i I didn't and i've been to war and and i'm i'm happy i actually went and had that experience because it's very eye-opening it it really changed my life actually going to war was just like wow people live this way people are shooting at me i'm in firefights It, it was it was wild right and but it still never grew on me I thought <laughs> and as I got years in and I was in 11, 12 years, all of a sudden I started having these, uh, we'll say disciplines that just stuck with me. I still wake up at like four 30 in the morning. I don't want to, I, I really like I could wake up at five, five 30 and have no problem, but it's just, I've been doing it for so long. I still wake up at that time. And then my wife will always say, There'll be certain things I'm like, all right, we have to do this, this, and this. And I'll put things in, in step order for my son. I'm like, all right, step one, step two, step three. That's very military. But also, it's very beneficial. My son really likes it. So I'll be like, step one, we're going to clean up the toys. Step two, you can have 30 minutes of TV. Step three, we're going to get dressed. Step four, we're out the door, and we're going to go to the playground. Right? And, and then he'll be like, Dad, what's step two again? And then he memorizes it every time. So my wife will say that's that came from the military, but... 
I think that's a useful tool. Now, other times, I will, I'll be like super strict on them. And that's where my wife, Simone, will step up and be like, hey, stop being military. So she does catch me on certain things. But I'd say for the most part, I'm not. And, and now it's been a year since I've been out. And I'm losing it faster than I thought I was going to. Like I'm losing the acronyms and all the jargon that I used. And now he does, my son is learning military time. <laughs> so he, he learns the 24 hour clock. Mm -hmm. It just makes more sense. I've been all over the world. Most people around the world know both clocks. Mm -hmm. So we're starting off with the 24 hour clock and then we'll teach him the 12, um, the AM, PM. So I, I'd say there is part of me that is, has that discipline left from the military where it's like when I wake up I hit I hit the gym I have to work out like I used to I have I have to wake up early and when I come home I like to have him work out so he starts getting this these positive habits right where hey all right when I wake up I feel better after getting this workout in that that's me I have friends who love working out at night and that, that's their thing and so my son may change that but that that's very military you know you wake up you work out and besides that into my fathering skills, sometimes um, I would say it shows up again in my consistency. I always, I'm very consistent. Uh, I, I, I don't, if I say I'm going to, he's, he's going to have some kind of consequences and we don't do like timeouts or spank and we don't believe in any of that stuff. And there's a, a chapter actually on that, on like discipline for children. And what we do is, if I say this is the consequence, hey, if you got out of your bed one more time because you keep jumping out of bed and you're, it's sleep time, <clears throat> tomorrow you get no TV. I hold that accountable, right? And in the military, that's the same thing. So I, it's a, that's just a habit, though. I think it's good for all fathers. So it's like when you ask that question, I'm like, yes, I learned this from the military, but I think all fathers, it, it's, it's a good trade. And the ones that are bad, my wife always catches me on. And <laughs> She'll just tell me, hey, stop it. You don't need to be so military. Yeah. yeah. And so so there's times, but it's getting less and less that she's catching me. Yeah. I heard you say eyes on earlier, and I was like, oh, that's military for sure. Like, I, normal, normal <laughs> civilians aren't saying eyes on. It's like, can you see the kids? Like, <laughs> but eyes on, yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, doing the podcast, I've, I've talked to, to, uh, several guys who are, who are military Marines or, or just kind of all over the place in the, in the armed services. And you hear, you can, you can hear some of that kind of military background and how they father and like the discipline part of it is one of those things. Um, some of the, like you said, the, some of the jargon and the way they talk about, about things. And then you have a guy every once in a while say like, Oh, 500 or something like that. Right. And we just kind of kind of let it slip out just because you're so used to it. But I don't think it's like, obviously, anything you do in excess can be a negative thing, right? Like you're drinking water right now. That's... Too much water could kill you, right? Like you could drink water and poison yourself, yep. right? But we can all agree that water is good for you, right? In the right doses, water is, is extremely important and a necessary thing to have. And I think discipline is one of those things, right? Too much discipline can be too yep. much, right? But there has to be a level of it. And I think that, you know, having the discipline uh, of, of the military, I think those are really, if you use it correctly, right? If you use it in the right doses, that's a, like having steps, right? I think it's really cool, really cool for, for a child, right? Because they kind of know what the expectations are. 
right? And then they can kind of self-govern a little bit, right? Because once I finish step one, I know what step two is. Like, I'm not lost. I know what to do next, right? And now I can just kind of get into the next thing. And it gives them a sense of order and direction. I think we can we can argue that the way the school system is now is is not the best, right? But I think one of the things that we get from the school system is is organization, right? There's a time for everything, right? Like math is math time and English is English time. And like everything is kind of ordered in that way. And so kids can kind of thrive a little bit because you can focus, you can singularly focus on something and get it done or get close to completion before you move on to something else. I think when we just let things kind of just be like whatever, right? Like these are all the things we have to do today. There's no order to them. Just throw them at you, right? And you got to figure out how to do it. It's okay for an adult because we have the resources and the tools to kind of navigate that a little better. But for a kid, yeah. just give me one task at a time. Like you can tell me all of them, but let me let me let me just knock out number one first, right? And then from number one, I can go to number two, and it allows me to be really successful and and stack successes, which I think in the long term sets them up uh, to to kind of have more of a positive outlook of themselves, like better self-esteem, right? Because I got to do, I did step one, yeah. right? I knocked step one out. And then I went to dad and he smiled because I asked him what step two was. And now I knocked, you know, it, it's all these little things that I don't think we think about when we think about discipline, right? We talk about discipline and we immediately think of somebody's getting in trouble, right? Kids are getting in trouble. Yeah, and, and you no, know, like you, you, just, you said something there that was really important. It's like when he finishes step one it is often I give him praise. Right. I'm like, hey, man, uh, give me a fist pump. Good job. With step one's done. Way, way, way to be uh, disciplined and take care of cleaning up your toys. That's what we do. Step two, what we're we doing. And then I, I, you know, it's that feedback. Mm-hmm. You don't give a kid a, a, a task and don't ask for feedback. So you, you give them the task and you ask them to repeat it. Right. Again, that's military and it's ingrained in you to do that. So like if, as I delegate something, hey, what did I just say? It's <laughs> like check. Let's see what you right. if you you were listening, right. right? And I do that with my son often, so he'll be like, "Oh, well, step two, Dad's this. Let's go, man. Another fist bump." You know, it, that, it just like you said, it just builds that self esteem and their confidence, and yeah, it, it's a great tool that we've used for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think in terms of terms that kind of get thrown around and get mixed up and confused, and, and I think discipline. And punishment are, are, are two of those terms. And I think they're very separate and very different things, right? I think punishment comes, is, is like a, um, is a, not a result, but it's like a, a consequence, right? Something that happens because something else happened. I think discipline is a totally different thing. And I think we, we, we use the word discipline to describe punishment sometimes. And that's, I think, where the negative outlook on discipline is. I think discipline is a very important thing for, for men for families, for children, right? There has to be some order of the way we do things. There has to be some guiding principles. And I think there's a discipline helps you stay on path to that. Punishment also has to be there. When people fall off track, there has to be some consequence to their actions because that's what the world's going to give them, right? We have to be able to teach them in a safe space when you don't follow the orders or you don't do what you're supposed to do. There's the potential that something's going to come up that is going to be something you don't like, right? And you have to be able to navigate that as well, right? And I think as as parents, we have to do a better job of separating the two, but then also do a better job of, of being disciplined ourselves and the way that we conduct ourselves and in, in, in around our children. 
Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree and I disagree okay. on that. Because we don't use the word punishment. We do, <clears throat> in my book, I actually talk about both disciplines because so many people do that, right? Discipline in self and discipline in kids. So I, I actually hit both in the book, all under discipline dads. And so if you use it that way, and I'll be like, hey, the, the, I'm disciplining my son this way. I don't talk to him like that, though. So kind of, that's why I'm saying I agree and I disagree because I, I don't use the word punishment, though, either. I, I use the word that you did say, though, consequence. Mm. And so I'll be like, buddy, listen, you weren't disciplined just now. So there is a consequence for your actions. So I, I still tell them, like, that discipline is self, man. You, you need to take care of yourself and take care of your toys and take care of whatever you're doing that dad asked you or mom asked you. But since you didn't, the consequence is this. So I... Because we don't, we don't really punish, right? It's, it's like, I feel like punish is a harsh word. Like, time to get punished, boy. Come on over here. Go get yourself, <laughs> you know, uh, my belt and a switch. Yeah, you know I was trying to say, yeah, exactly. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> and, and so I think it's, and that, that might just be my past, that, like, I had that word punished. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. I don't like the word saying punished to, to my son. So I do, I, I frame it in kind of that way is like, hey, since you weren't disciplined, you now have a consequence. I like that. I like that. But that it also then it gives me a chance to address it. It's like, hey, how do we fix that and stay more disciplined, buddy? And then me and Dustin could talk and he'd be like, oh, I see. I'm sorry, dad. I don't know if he's really sorry. I think I have to, I have the time he is. You know, like kids, kids, when they say it, it's like sometimes they just want to get to the toy and sometimes they actually are super uh empathetic or compassionate of what just happened yeah 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 i think uh i think that something that's really cool there too is that you're having the conversation around the consequence right and it's not just a consequence levied yeah. on them because they did something you're you're framing it letting them know why the consequence is happening why this is a consequence for this particular action and then that allows them to process it better right just just I always like when when I used to get whoopings and I used to have to go get the belt myself. I always thought like on the way to get the belt, I'm like this. By the time I get back, I'm hoping that she's not still mad. Like I'm gonna take my time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't be this mad. Let me let me yeah. slowly. I can't. Oh, I can't find it. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I got the belt in my hand, but I'm yelling down the hallway. I can't find it. <laughs> um, but like I never understood like. One, I don't know if it didn't, it didn't, not that it didn't work for me. I think I was a pretty good kid, but I just never understood like, all right, so you're mad at me because I did something and you're whooping me because you're mad at me, but you're not really like trying to get me not to do it anymore. You're just mad in the moment, right? Like, I'm just not going to do it because I got in trouble. Like, I don't want to get in trouble again, but I'm not, not doing it because you got mad. So like, explain to me why I'm in trouble as opposed to getting a whooping right but it, that was just the the way that things were handled in that in that in that decade in that time frame like i was gonna say that decade but it was more than a decade <laughs> um but in that time yeah. frame and i think that the ex- explanation of it didn't start coming around until until more recently right like my explanation was like one word per swing of the belt it was like didn't i tell you know what i mean i didn't really get <laughs> get a real <laughs> explanation you know there's still some things that i do Dude, that i don't understand why i was like i'm confused like why did i get in trouble like i don't even know what i did 
I just know I got in trouble, so I guess right. I shouldn't do that. But you know, whatever, or just not get caught. That was one of the things that came out of it. It's like whatever it was, I didn't understand why I was getting in trouble. I just make sure I don't get caught next time. Like I just, you know, I'm gonna do what I would do. I'm still gonna do it. I'm just gonna get smarter about how I do it. That's literally what it teaches you to be sneaky. Yeah. That and because my my mom was the same way. Growing up with a single mom, it was hands were just flying. <laughs> It didn't matter. If I, if I did something, hands were flying. She didn't care. And she would tell me, she'd say, I don't care where I hit you. Head, body, butt, legs. I don't care where I hit you as long as it's landing. <laughs> what? <laughs> and and it, it just shows you, like, how today talking about self-development is so important, right? Because having self-development and reflection has led to, like, the conscious parent. Mm -hmm. So as, if you're a conscious parent, now you, now it's like, all right, I have to regulate. I have to regulate me in order to address the situation that's going on. Yeah. And, and, and I look back at my, my mom and how things were handled. I'm like, man, if my mom just was able to be alive today, she would understand that these skills weren't there for her or people just weren't talking about them. Right. Cause we have the internet. So a lot of great people have come out and uh, blessed us with like these skills and really got it out there on social media. And yeah, I, I I laugh because it's just like maybe it would make parents reconsider, but then you talk to them and they're like, no, no, I did it the right way. You guys are soft. These kids are soft. And I get it because I look at the TV or what's going on and I see lots of soft, soft people. Right. I mean, you're in California. We know all about it, what's happening over there. Yeah. And it's just like a lot of people are really soft. Yes, I agree. That I don't, I don't, that's bad parenting. So if your kid comes out and your kid doesn't want to work, doesn't want to do anything, wants to play video games, not out there in nature, I, and that's a, that's another thing. You and I grew up in nature. We didn't have all the video games and systems. It was like, get your ass outside. Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. <laughs> get home at in the streetlights. Yeah. Right? It's like, we had, we had some weird rules. Like, kids don't know about streetlight time. That was a real thing. You had to figure out what time that damn streetlight yeah. by my house is going to turn on and you didn't have so a, I could be home before watch. the streetlight. It wasn't like it wasn't like somebody told you what time the streetlights were coming on, right? Like you didn't there was no like time <laughs> that everybody knew. It wasn't like you it's crazy. We were almost like <laughs> we were almost like like nomads or like we were, we were like wilderness people. Like we could look at the sun and be like, "Oh shit, I got 15 minutes." And just take off running. Like, you know, <laughs> Because if the, yes. the streetlights caught you, it was it, it, some hands was flying, right? Like you, it was it was just yeah, it was just a bad scene, and so we were all really good at at looking at the sun and figuring out what time it was. Like that's a lost art. It's a lost art, and, and, and I think that's the problem. Is maybe one step that we we need we do need to take for the children is get them in nature. Like my son's already been outside two hours today. It's what ten o'clock. He's been outside two hours. A lot of children won't get it. They, they say like average kids gets 15 minutes a day. Yeah. What? Like inmates. I, I, get that, I get that walking to my car. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's, that's so a really I, good point too, is um, kids now are getting less outside time than, than the average prisoner. Like, it, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy because I, I think we're a lot of, a lot of America um, when we talk about kids being soft, people being soft is is because we aren't going out and and spending time in the world, right? We aren't interacting with other people. 
we aren't climbing trees, we aren't falling down, we aren't riding our bikes 10 miles away from the house and getting lost, and, you know, we're not in the creek catching frogs, like, all of those things, like, they mean nothing, but they mean everything, because the skills that you learn, and the things that you do, and the creativity of mind, I talk with my wife about this all the time, is, like, movies have gotten really good in terms of, like, the technology and the things that they can do. But how many remakes of old movies are they going to like? Are there no more good, like new ideas? Like there's they're really creative in like how they produce the movie and maybe some of the, like the, the different tweaks and like the, the way people are dressed or the sound is really cool. But how many times can we see Fast and the Furious? Like how many times are we going to do this? Right. Let's let's make a new movie. Right. We got the same movie with the same storyline and I'm going to get killed for this. But I talk about superhero movies right like I, i'm not really my daughters are really big well my oldest daughter is a really big marvel fan i think she's seen every marvel movie which is crazy um but i tell her like i don't really watch them only watch them with her like i don't really care not that i don't care for them but it's the same storyline it's just different characters right there's the hero and then yep. there's the villain and the villain is beating up the hero for a certain period of time and like the world's gonna end and then the hero overcomes and it's like the same thing over and over again. I'm like, dang, there's gotta be another way. That's why I kind of like the, the, like the whole Thanos thing, right? Like I'm not a fan of villains necessarily, but the fact that that was a different spin on it, like the villain one, oh man, that's crazy. Right. Um, yeah. But there's just no originality. Like how many times are we going to re- redo the same thing? But I think that comes from, you're just in the house. We're just inside. And you're just like, how can we create a better version of something that's already there? Well, let's just create something new. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree 100% on that. I'm, I'm not big on the superhero movies either. I, I feel like they are the exact same. Transformers, same thing. It's like, dude, it's all the exact same. And I was telling my wife that the other day that I grew up, well, you and I grew up in the generation where music was real. Yeah. Where... Movies were coming out and they're awesome. I, I, I told her, I'm like, you ever seen The Lost Boys? <laughs> of course she hasn't. And <laughs> I'm like, Lost Boys, I watched it, must have been like three, four years ago. I'm like, this is horrible now. Yeah. But when I was a kid, it was so oh, amazing. Man. It was like cool vampires and all this. And music, though, it was funny because we just watched the Wu-Tang saga. My wife never even knew who Wu-Tang was. <laughs> and, like, she knew the name right. and, the, and like the logo, but she didn't know Wu-Tang. Right. And while we're watching it, I'm like, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I remember this because I grew up in that time. Right. And then we watched Tupac, and I was a, I was, I was the biggest Tupac fan. I remember the day he died. Like I, I was crushed. I, I cried in school because I was such a big fan of Tupac. It, it hit me because like he spoke literally how I felt. And it's funny because people are like, yeah, but you're white. I grew up in the ghetto in Cleveland. I didn't grow up in like a, a nice neighborhood. I grew up with. So he was saying things that like I felt. I had to get out of that neighborhood. That's why I won't go back. I won't ever move back there. It, it's I grew out of it, and I was happy that I left it. And it's just kids. It's like we need to make more outdoor kids in this inside world. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, talking about that though. So, so you, you grew up in Cleveland, right? And, and then you, you you go to the military, um, and now you, you out of the military, and you're you're RVing. How does how, like how do you? <laughs> I know you, how do you get to that point? Like, how, how, does, how do you get to the, the, the way of the wildlings? Like, how do you, how do you get there? <laughs> um, that's very different than, so, than inner city Cleveland. Like, that, I, don't, I don't know how many RVs are rolling around, you know, inner city Cleveland. But, but uh, 
Maybe it's a thing. I no, don't know. It's definitely not. Uh, um, during the years of COVID, <clears throat> we got a camper van. Mm-hmm. I said, man, I've, I've always wanted a camper van. I think it's cool watching people. It's it's small. You can take it anywhere and you can stay places two, three days. And you can live um, remotely or boondocking, however you want to uh, say that. And I thought it was cool. I need it. And at this time, I just came from Hawaii and we moved to Washington. And in Hawaii, I lived in the woods my last year, six months of the year in the woods. I camped every day because it was like that, that was training, right? We we're training nonstop. It was out of control. And I knew I wanted something that was in nature and I wanted my son to be in there. So when he was born, it was just like that. We had a pop-up camper where we traded in for a, a camper van. All right. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it kicked me right off the app. And so we, we were outside a lot with my son and we just loved it. We were, we were loving the experience and he was crawling all over the dirt. And as he got bigger and was able to walk, he was taking logs and putting them in the fire. We'd make fire together at 18 months old, 12, like from 12 months to 18 months, he was already like learning how to build fires and he had his own knife so he could help like cut food and stuff there. And it was just, I was loving what was happening. So was my wife. We're like, man, look at him. This kid, it just looked more natural for him to be in nature doing all of this than being at our house doing other things. And don't get me wrong, our house at the time was big. We had a big backyard, so he would always end up in the backyard. It was like he was in the backyard or he wanted to go camping. And so when we retired, we're like, all right, where do we want to move? Hawaii? Nah. Florida? We want Hawaii is definitely up there. But the cost of living is just crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Florida was definitely on there because her and I both went to school, universities in Florida. Texas, Mexico, Costa Rica. That's what it came down to. We moved to Costa Rica and we loved it. We had some problems happen with the house that fell through. So we came back after three months. And then we started looking in the States and we just couldn't decide where we wanted to live. We're like, I don't know. I don't want to grow up in an HOA. And my son just, like, that's what he understands is the HOA. I think it's... It, it, it closes him in. And my wife and I is just like, why don't we just trade in the van for our RV and live on the road for a while until we figure out what we want to do. And I was like, yeah, I like that. And now we've been on the road for four months and it's the best thing ever. We're just absolutely enjoying life. And we've seen a lot more friends because they'll stop up wherever we're camping at. And they're just like, dude, you're living the good life. I'm like, it's not bad. You know what? I, I don't mind being out there it forces us every single day to get outside because otherwise you're cramped in this little box, right? It's like, do you want to be stuck in this box all day or do you want to get outside? And we were just in Tampa and every day we were right on the beach. Every day he would wake up, go outside, play with bubbles, get a squirt gun, shoot him, go to the beach. So it's just something I think that is so ingrained in my family now is that nature-based play has to be part of us. And there's no better way than RV life. And we love traveling and RV life again got us. So I think we got about a year, the two years of this, uh, enjoying it and seeing the States. And we might take it down to Mexico this uh, winter. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes because we want to have two, three more kids. And we'll, there's definitely no way we're going to be having two, three kids in our RV. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's how we got into it. It was slow steps that got us here. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Like I, I uh we we talk about getting an R V just because we like to travel and it would be, you know, I think we might actually get an R V because of mostly now because of my daughter and softball and having to travel up and down the state or having to travel to like places like Colorado, instead of flying, we just drive out there and make a whole trip out of it. Um, and so that may happen in the next year or so. I don't know, but, um, but we like to camp and we obviously like to travel. We're, we're always somewhere we're, we're traveling this weekend and then for the next couple of weeks. So I, I'm interested. I mean, that's that's really cool. I don't know if we could we can get into it like full time like you are though. But and how cool but is that? We can we can make a few little trips out of it. Yeah. And, and spend time. We've rented we've rented RVs before. Like we we flew to from California to Chicago, drove down to Indiana, picked up an RV, and then drove it all the way back here. So we we hit like eleven or twelve states on the way back home. So that was their spring break two years ago. Um, and we just, you know, we went to, it was super cool, super cool. Like all the, because I've been to a lot of States, like I've traveled a lot with, with sports and work or whatever, but to be able to hit some of those different, uh, landmarks and those different, see those different things. Like we, uh, we stayed in, in Yosemite and (laughs) we parked, uh, we got there at at night, it was snowing. We wake up the next morning, there's a herd of bison, like right, right, literally right outside the door. Like you go to open the door and the door hits one. Like they're literally right outside the door. Um, and it is just like, this has never happened in California. Like this is not going to happen in my neighbor. And like you said, in my HOA, there's no, there's no Buffalo rule in my HOA. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's one thing I'll throw in there. We <laughs> so are homeschoolers or unschool. It's called unschooling, right? It's kind of let the kids to, to kind of lead you and you facilitate for them. Like, so that, that, that does make it way easier to be full-time RV because um, he doesn't have to go to a structured class or anything like that or daycare or anything like that. So it definitely helps to be that way. And, we know it's for a short period of time, one year, two years. And then we'll probably end up doing something like buying a big lot of land and doing some type of homesteading, have like a uh-huh. um, hybrid homesteading, nice house, like where we'll have like two goats, bunch of chickens, maybe two cows and beautiful pool and all that. Right. So it's just like, there's some part of us in big farm. So it's like, we know that's what we want. That's the end state. We're going to be like some kind of hybrid homesteader. Right? <laughs> On this farm, we all help each other. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then that, uh, you know, we take, a, take care of each other on this farm. That'll, that'll be officially true at that point. <laughs> you guys are just. Yeah, yeah, you guys are just talking about it in advance, right? You're speaking into existence. <laughs> All right, so I, I had a, I had a couple of a couple of questions before we get to, uh, you know, what? fatherhood to me. To um, so a question that I showing up on the podcast is and, and, and really, if I had to just summarize it, that would be it. It would be just showing um, up, being and present. I always get a little it, bit of a not anything else, just showing up, being there, be there for your kid. It inspired because I didn't have anyone there for me, right? And so to me. Fatherhood like is, you, what is what minimally is fatherhood showing up. That's it. 
Now, what it is to me personally is fatherhood showing up with intentional, I intentional mindset. So I'm going to show up and I'm going to love my son. I'm going to be the leader of the family. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be present. So I'm going to give him a lot of my time back. And, and that's more or less what I would say fatherhood is to me. But definitely showing up is, is the key. You have to you have to show up. To, that's that's step number one, <laughs> right? We need we need to get uh, we need to be there. We need to be present. And, and fatherhood, yeah. If, if it's other things, fatherhood would fall into that love and leadership that I'm talking about. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, now here's here's a here's a two part question, um, and I'll try to frame it so that it makes a little bit more sense. For the so, <clears throat> if you were, you wrote a book, right? I would say another book. Obviously, the first the second book would be fathers. nature based fathers, uh, but, but kind of more. It, about, it would still be you know, towards uh, fathers, of course. Be a leader, uh, but it would be how from what can I we incorporate um, if you were to write nature. Into our everyday existence, right? So I would want to try to hit the people who are in the big cities. The rural people, you don't really need to worry about. They're like, they live nature always. But the people in the cities are stuck in these high-rise buildings and stuff like that. So how how can we help those fathers out? And so maybe I would do something of this uh, nature-based father uh, movement of like, hey, fathers, how can we each day get nature involved with our children so i definitely think that would be a second book mm -hmm. yeah I, I i like that you might just gave me an idea to start writing again <laughs> right Yeah. Hey, listen. Just in the in the forward, just a little thanks. Uh, you know, no big deal. <laughs> no, but I think that's a really, I think that's a really important important thing is is figuring out how to bring, like you said, outside inside, right? Or, or inside inside outside, right? Bring bring all the things that you do inside your house, outside your house. Like go outside and do them, right? Figure out ways to to get out into nature because it's a very valuable teacher. Right. It's definitely a compliment uh, to to what we do as as people. Right. If we can get outside and learn some different lessons and experience some different things, I think, you know, smelling the air and feeling the sun and or the or the moon or whatever, like just getting out into nature is a super important thing. Um, all right. So th this, you know, you got two books now, right? You, got Love and you know, there there's some really good got, books that uh, you know, I, I look up to from people like Jocko Willick and um, author, man. his I'm, discipline changed, series, Andy Frisella. He has some really good ones for children with Otis and his dogs and how they talk about also, again, kind of discipline and building the character. It would definitely probably be in that realm. And I'd probably make it more of like a fantasy for my son because he loves like he loves dragons and 
uh, what, what's that book? The Ways of the Wild Wildlings? Is it Ways of the Wildlings? No, uh, Where the Wildlings Are. Yeah, that, that that book. So he he loves that, like how the kids' room turns into a forest, and he goes through. But I'd definitely do something of a twist where it has more of the disciplines in it, and building character traits, right? It's like or bravery. Uh, that that's. But like I said, there these guys have written some really great books, and I'd probably follow suit on my own version of that yeah, for my son. It's like, hey, here, it, it, it would definitely have everything that my son loves into that character, though. And so that would be the only changes is I, I'd come out with the same storyline almost. Not storyline, different storyline, same results. Building character, discipline, and integrity and bravery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I, I appreciate that, Rob. One, I think the fantasy twist is is really cool because that that's gonna make it exciting to read, right? You don't want it to be like a <laughs> just 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 you telling them stuff, right? You gotta kind of wrap it up into a story, and there's there's lessons to be learned and bravery and all this. I think that's a really good book, man. Like I said, you're an author now. It's it's <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, man. Um, so now I had a couple things. One, I, I I know I talked to you about it on the live, and you kind of, without knowing it, kind of challenged me um, to do a mission statement for the family. Mission statement, core values, right? So uh, my wife and I worked on it together, and then yesterday, no, two days ago. Um, we went and did some stuff with the family and um, my daughters yeah. were with us. We went out to eat and we kind of went over the stuff that we had and we talked to them about it and we kind of put it all together. So uh, you'll see me post probably today or tomorrow. Um, I'm going to post it. Um, we got a mission statement and seven core values and kind of wrote, you know, our thoughts about it. And uh, I'm going to put it into like a, what do they call that? A carousel post. So each one has its own thing. Um, and it was really cool, man. It was actually a really, really good experience. Like me and my wife were, you know, kind of coming up with going through all these different values and which one we thought was important. And we didn't want to have too many, right? Because they all sound really good. But like, what are our really core values? Like, what are the things that we really think are important for our family? Um, and then talking to our daughters about it. And they're like, oh, man, yeah, like, I, we love that. Honesty, integrity, respect, uh, you know, courage, um, you know, all these things that, that are really important. Uh, uh, what was the honesty? There's like there's I know there's seven and I'm losing like four of them, two of them right now, um, but yeah, love, um, just all of the transparency, like all these things are really cool and I, I thank you for that, man, because um, I'm gonna figure out how to get it up on the wall in here, uh, like in the office or at the front door somewhere, so it's something that we can kind of remind ourselves of you know our values as a family how we're guiding ourselves, kind of like our guiding principles, our, our mission as a family. Um, you know, I think that's something. Yeah, that really it, it's, it's hard when you, when you start uh, writing it down, you're like, do, um, as, as we, we kind of family, cheated a little bit because it'll, it'll be like positivity, but what what's inside of there might be another value. 
or moral, you know, it'd be like, I sneak in, or like I think integrity, inside of integrity, right, we, we also mentioned honor and, and empowerment. It's like we mentioned something about um, selfless so service. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to sneak them in there. You got to sneak them in there, double them up or, you know, right? But but as long as long as everybody can get on board with it, I think it's 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 awesome, man. So, I suggest that for everybody, uh for those of you guys that are listening, or you guys that are watching it, make sure that you do that. Um for the guys that are that are listening, um your easiest way is a couple things I want to Instagram, One, I you can, you could just Find me on there as just period dean period dad just being dad. Uh, otherwise, you can send me an email at fall mentorship f a l l mentorship at gmail.com. A lot of times, I tell people my cell phone number. I'm like, hey, shoot me a text. I don't care because you know a lot a lot of times people who reach out, we have to see if we have a connection first. I, I can't just like mentor people that we don't have a connection because there's some other great men out there that are mentoring and coaching and that are probably more fit for that person's style. Cause I go through a body, mind and soul style where it's like, Hey, I really believe that we need to first start with the mental. We need to get strong. We need to build the mind. So, um, the two easiest ways are probably Instagram and Gmail for right now. Yeah. We'll say that for right now is what I have. My wife's working on some other stuff. She, she's kind of the, uh, <laughs> web builder in our family and neither of us are good but she she's making it look good uh i believe i did yeah yeah okay okay Good, good, good. I, I'm excited to see what what that looks like. Um, did you did you do the guest profile? Did you saw the guest profile for here? Okay, perfect. So then all all your all your information will be there. But I also have right. it in the show notes, and this is for you guys that are listening, right? If you if you if you don't see the guest profile, then also check the show notes. Um, I'll have you know his Instagram and all that stuff. Ways you can get in touch with him, but. Um, you know, I just want you to go ahead and say it for those that aren't, you know, that are just listening while they're driving or listening while they're working out or, you know, whatever, whatever guys do when they listen to podcasts now, cutting the grass, uh, <laughs> doing some yard work, uh, just so you know, they have an opportunity to to do that. Hey, man, look, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your Saturday morning to, uh, to to spend with us to talk about fatherhood, to talk about your fatherhood journey. Um, again, guys, if you aren't following if you aren't following them on, on, on social media, on Instagram, um, you're missing out, right? Because like I said, he's having great conversations with guys on a pretty regular basis, um, which is one of the things I think we miss. It's probably one of the reasons why you're listening to the podcast, because you want to hear great conversations. Yeah, with that's actually not a bad idea. I like that. It, like, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a podcast a week. He's doing it like three, four times. <laughs> like he's killing it. Uh, you know, he's, he's doing numbers right now. He's getting the shots up for real. Hey man, speaking of, you know what you should you should record those well instagram records them so you should download your lives and just upload them to uh to to one of these podcast hosts and 100 100 100 
author, author and podcaster. Look at that. I'm like, man, just it, it'll be like when you when you I, get when you get your acceptance speech. I appreciate you, my wife, like, but number know, one, I need to thank Ron. Bestseller <laughs> and number one podcast uh, on on iTunes. Just shoot me a shout out. You know, shout out to Rob Forfeit Fatherhood. Um, you know, he he <laughs> nothing long. Don't go crazy. Yeah, don't let the don't let the music start playing while you're saying it. Just just a little little name drop. That's all. <laughs> no, but I think that. <laughs> right uh, uh yeah man no i think that's a really uh i was just thinking about it the other day is is the way instagram works right it's like your 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 longer videos don't get pushed on the on the algorithm they want you know set people's attention span is seven seconds yeah. now i think the last i checked and so once the video gets past seven seconds, Instagram's like, yo, just put that in the back. Um, but I have watched a few of them now. I'm like, damn, man, this is really good stuff. Like, they're just giving away free game, um, which is really awesome. And I think podcasting is a way to make it right. where you have a little bit more control over uh, how people can consume it. Um, I think I use Anchor right now. Really simple way to do it is, you know, upload it to Anchor and Anchor will um upload it to other other podcast platforms um so it's anchor.fm I'm, I'm giving them free uh free publicity right now but <laughs> but oh, wow. but uh, i mean i host my my podcast on there so i guess it, it works uh, both ways right um but yeah you, you should be able to download it from your instagram and then you can upload the video uh to to Anchor, and Anchor is now owned by Spotify, but if you upload it to Anchor, uh, you can upload it as a video, and you can upload it as audio. Uh, uh, I'm going to definitely you, do that, because I, I never even thought about it, to be honest. I, it just depends never. on, on I, what I think about the video. You know what? I am on one other thing, at Clubhouse. And I, I don't think I don't a lot of men are on Clubhouse. So I have I have my own room. It's called Frequency Fathers. You have an opportunity. And we talk about that part of it. It's a fun room. Frequency Fathers is two of my good buddies, Matt and uh Alex. And sometimes we'll go down the rabbit hole and sometimes we just talk about like our vibrations with our children and how like we need to keep the frequency in our household positive, you know? And then I did just get invited to the biggest clubhouse for homeschooling. It's called Honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. And June 20th, I'm going to be running the show. It's kind of like my test trial. I reached out to the lady. I'm, I've known her for a little bit. And I, I said, hey, you know, I got my own book. I have some two other dads that are homeschoolers. And we were interested in having a room in your house. And so June 20th is our uh, trial. And hopefully, well, when things go great, we will be a honey home, I'm homeschooling okay. the kids' father room. And that will be weekly also. So... Not podcast, but you know that open chat type of thing, like on um, Clubhouse. Yeah, you're right. There you go. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, like I said, I think I think it's really good, um, you know, you've already got the content, you just got to put it out there, right? So, and like I said, I, I thought they were really good, and, and maybe I'm, you know, 
I'm a, I'm yeah. a father. No, junkie, I, I know I'm right? stepping up my game. I'm like, father, father day is coming. Like, you know, father, my wife's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know, but like, I know I definitely right, want to see what these right, other fathers are doing and saying, and hopefully, you know, everyone's stepping up because that, that's all I want. All I want is fathers to be better. We can always be better. things about fathers for like free, right? Like just giving it away. And I'm like, oh man, I can't wait. So. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 100. All right, brother, I appreciate you spending the time with us for taking the time, like I say, out of your day. Because I know, I think we all know how valuable time is, especially when it's when it's taken away or you know spent outside of your family. So I really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely, just beginning. Thank you, brother. Appreciate I'll, uh, you. I'll talk to you soon, and uh, we, we got to back. Right. Once you once, like I said, when you New York Times bestseller, uh, you know, number one podcast in the fatherhood space. And then when you when you, you got your you got several rooms in the clubhouse, uh, we got to have you come back on and talk about some of the other things that you're doing, man. And I know there's going to be a lot. So I'm really excited to see it. Oh, thank you. All right. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also, follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it. <laughs>